Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design, with your hosts, Glyn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Hello, welcome back. This is episode 14 of He Shoots, He Draws with myself, Dave Clayton, and my fellow co-host... Glyn Dewis. Hello, Dave. Hello, mate. You all right? <laughs> I am very well this week. Good. We've not spoken much this week because you've been a little bit busy, haven't you? You've been a busy little beaver. I have been busy. And listen, if I do sound really chilled, I've not been smoking anything. I just am really chilled because I finished the book. (sighs) The book book is finished. Don't get me wrong. I have thoroughly enjoyed writing it, but it's it's, it's such a good feeling when you finally get it finished and uploaded to the publisher. So that's all done now. Now I can kind of get excited about the stuff that you've got to do. Because I know that you're going to be doing the back cover stuff on the internal bit. So I'm now oh, no. looking forward to that. So I'm going to enjoy you being stressed out now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've had a few emails this week from Rocky Nook saying, you know, let's get ready. But it's weird because I get satisfaction when I've written an article for, for Photoshop User Magazine. And yeah. that's only like 1,500 words. Yeah. It's like you've just written, what, 300 odd well, pages? Uh, well, I've just done... There's all sorts of reasons why it got delayed in getting it finished because it should have yeah. been finished by the end of March. But because I was ill over Christmas, Rocky Nook, uh, Ted and Scott, they kind of said, look, have a few more weeks, which they did, which was great. So I handed it in Tuesday of this, uh, this week, just gone. Um, and what I did was on Friday evening, I started writing... And between Friday evening and Tuesday evening at 8 p.m., I did have sleep in between, mind you. Yeah. I did three chapters. So that was roughly 25,000 words and about wow. 300 screen grabs. So those screen grabs have then got, <laughs> those screen grabs have then got to be trimmed. They've got to be converted to that CMYK. Yeah. And then all that kind of stuff, as you know, uploading up and then done. But, mate. When I finished it, the funny thing was, I'm sitting with my headphones and I had my music playing, the script. Yeah. It's probably the script. Cool, I'm sitting yeah. listening to the music while I'm just doing the pictures because I didn't have to think about that. And then I get a tap on my shoulder and Anne's brought a glass of bubbly and it's going to oh, say, bless. well done. Well done. I know. <laughs> and it is, it just, it just feels weird to be like, yes, you know what I mean? Finally done it. So, because even like when you've now. done your third, like it's your third book, but. It's, that's still an immense task and like we were saying earlier when we spoke about when you think back to the interview with um, Rocky Nook that we did yeah. which is around episode 10 yeah. um, and that whole process of writing a book is it's a huge task to take on because you're not just writing you know a few thousand a handful of thousand words you are writing the best part of a 280 page book techniques chapters you know, breaking it down into steps. So it, it's it, not kind of just... sa- it kind of sounds hard, Dave. And I'm not saying this to be kind of like, oh, check me out. But seriously, when you when you're writing, if one thing I one thing I have learned, and I'm nowhere near as experienced as people like Alan Hess and, and Scott Kelby and Rick Salmon, the amount of books yeah. that they've written. But what I found with me is, if I kind of say, "Blimey, what time is it now? I've been out all day. It's now eight o'clock. I need to go and write a chapter or start writing a chapter." Mm. I just, it just doesn't work. I cannot do that. I have to be the person that sort of says, "Right, tomorrow." I am doing nothing but writing. And it kind of prepares me overnight. It's kind of weird. If I if yeah. I force myself to sit there and write, I kind of glaze over and it just does not, nothing happens. And I end up writing absolute rubbish. Yeah. But then if I say, right, tomorrow I'm doing it. And that, that's the only reason I've been able to, well, that and a little bit of pressure because I knew I needed to get it done by the Tuesday. <laughs> but um, yeah. I kind of did, I did, thankfully, the stars aligned. And I did, oh. did get in the zone for those last three or four days. And I just managed to kind of, Get it done. I'm hoping Ted and Scott like it, but hey, who knows? I finished anyway. 
<laughs> Listen, mate, it'll be the cover that sells it anyway, so I won't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, judge your book by the cover. Yeah, I know. So we've got a lot of work to do on that. So we've done the front cover, which which everyone's seen now. Um, but yeah, we just got to do the back cover, and we've got a few bits to do on the inside to make it uh, well better than better than Photograph Like a Thief. Because you know, got to improve on each yeah, one. Yeah, you've really got to go to the I'm next really level every time, to mate. Yeah, take <laughs> it to the next level. We're, we're bookpreneurs. <laughs> yeah, authorpreneurs. Listen, right, okay, come on. We're, we're going to waffle here if there's not if not being uh, too careful. Topic today. What? Uh, what? What? Because this is your choice now. What do you want the topic to be today, mate? Yeah, well, I wanted to sort of touch on. I thought it was quite apt that you finished writing the book this week. I actually wanted to touch on uh, the subject of the previous book which is uh, the whole thing about um, imitation and inspiration because I've had a couple of chats this week. I've been writing my um, class for Photoshop World, which is called Get Inspired by Graphic Design. And there's a lot of crossover between what you do and I do in terms of being inspired by the things around you and how how you're influenced. And I've seen this week a lot of photography where you can see that people are people who we've known for two or three years you can see their photography improving because they're trying different styles and there's been a couple of pictures this week where i've looked and stopped and thought is that on a glint all right yeah which was really interesting because you know like we mentioned before like you see a headshot in fact there was a headshot hold on a second mate hold on a second it wasn't that person from last episode was it they've not actually taken one of my pictures (laughs) yeah it was really weird it was me smoking a cigar i don't don't remember shooting for them i told her no (laughs) oh no just giving the sex away of the person oh no (laughs) carry on sorry ignore me i didn't say that okay no we can cut that out (laughs) so um but it was funny because i've seen a headshot I thought it was very Peter Hurley style headshot. And I thought, well, actually, whether this person's learned from Peter Hurley or not, that was kind of the standard for me of that's a good headshot. I sort of, I could, I can now see a good headshot from a bad. And then I'd seen a couple of other portrait shots that really reminded me of your work. And I thought, okay, the people who know us, maybe they, they've picked up your technique. But what was nice that we've talked about style before is creating your own style is you, you develop your style over, over a time, whether you're a designer or a photographer. And it really made me stop and notice this week how p- photographers we've seen are growing because they're obviously following that kind of advice, whether it's from you or whether it's from someone else. But it was really it was actually quite satisfying to see a growth in yeah. something. Yeah, it has. Been. Um, what, what, what I've noticed in particular is ever since that, and this isn't an advert, this is just I was having a chat and an observation, but since I put that Rosa tutorial out, what has been really nice for me, what's a great payment is when I have had people say, oh, this is what I've done using the stuff that you did in the Rosa tutorial. And let's face it, what I did in the Rosa tutorial, I didn't create anything new there, really. I just kind of made some style of lighting that's been around since Rembrandt, because it's called Rembrandt lighting. Yeah. I just kind of simplified it my way. Yeah. You know, there's many other people that probably taught it, but sometimes if I've if I've let's say if I've taught it away, that might kind of resonate with somebody better than somebody else explaining it. So yeah. what I've I've had people this past week, you know, weeks, whatever, sort of saying, Oh, this is what I've done. In fact, there's a guy on Instagram, he's been sharing a few pictures. He puts a load of text in his in his menu, in his uh, post, by the way, tons of it. Mm. You almost have to scroll past the text to eventually see the picture. Um, but they are really, really good pictures. And tonight, before we started speaking, I've had a guy send me a picture of his son in like a military uniform, young lad. So I'm guessing he's an yeah. American uh, serviceman. And he said, oh, I remember you saying that you got a picture printed on metal. 
I'm going to be using M picks, and here's what their options are on metal. What do you what do you recommend? But then when I look at the guy's picture, it is put the texture behind them. So clearly he's used the grey. He's got that brilliant Rembrandt lighting. And for me, when I see that, I'm like, get in there. Do you know what yeah. I mean? That is the best. I mean, cool, fantastic to make money on using tutorials, but even better when you know that you've they're got working. a good product out there and they're working. Yeah, that's the yeah. best feeling. But you're right, copying. I'm starting to see a lot more of that and fantastic, yeah. Yeah, and this week I've been working on um, a friend of mine who's a comedian. He's doing the Edinburgh Festival and he me he messaged me and said, I, for the past few years I've been doing their posters for him because um, they're friends, they're people I've met over time. And he actually said to me, uh, could you do our poster? And I always say to anyone that asks me to do anything, have you already got something in mind? And he said... Yeah, we want one of those like old wrestling style posters with the blocky text. So the first thing I did was I did the old mood board thing and I went online and I typed in old wrestling posters, uh, which was quite funny going back and looking at, for those of you who are English, you will remember the old wrestling days of Mick McManus and Giant Haystacks. Big Daddy. The, yeah, Big Daddy. Uh, the Americans will only know WWE, which is completely different. So there were these all these old posters. Um, and so what I did was I collected a few of them, I put them in Photoshop, laid them out, and started to look at some of the common factors in them, seeing like which parts, how how the text sat and colours. And then what I did was I sketched out the poster, went in, and I started to build it up. And again, it wasn't my idea. It was, you know, it's a style that's existed for a long time. I'm just going to give it my spin, use their image. And we've had a little bit of back and forth, but by... Well, I mean, the first draft they like, the second draft we we, we change one of the images and mm. it actually works better now. But again, it was just using inspiration. I'm not copying. I'm not. I've not taken someone else's poster and recreated it because that would be wrong. But I've because now I've developed my own way of working. I know how to take elements of other styles and build them into my new one. No one's ever going to say to me oh, that poster, you know, you've ripped off a wrestling poster because, you know, Google wrestling posters, uh, there's, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. But it was quite nice. I, I like projects like that where people already have an idea of what they want. I love researching it yes. and then breaking all the elements apart. And yeah. like with Photograph Like a Thief is we looked at the, the Hitchcock side of things. It was the, the thing oh, we all the guy, the with. guy on the front, the cover thing, that one. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and the Saul Bass... Um, kind of style of yeah, text you totally and, and nailed that i love that that, that was so cool love it love it because that was the first one i designed because the first book was your images i just laid it out the second one this second and third ones i've designed again you know the photoshop workbook we talked we discussed it uh, the yeah. photoshop toolbox um and we sat and discussed it and the guy sent over some pictures because we what we said was we wanted the cover to look like a toolbox and if you think of a toolbox in an old garage, they're, you know, metallic. They've got all these old stickers on from oil manufacturers or spark plugs, and they're always worn and they're, you know, stuck randomly. The challenge we had was the book has to be built from scratch. Yes, so yeah. other than the font, it's went out and got metallic texture. And then I had to make all the stickers myself to look. So what I did was I, I went online and I found old stickers. I've got pictures of old toolboxes and I sketched out the shapes of the stickers and, and what they were like. Yeah. Made all the stickers based on the, the tools that you use in Photoshop. Then I had to apply textures to make them all look grungy and worn. I was so chuffed. It nailed it. Cause I remember when you, when you first did it, I think it was Ted, uh, Rocky Nook Ted, 
that when you yeah. sent it over, it loved it. He said, but can you make the um, stickers, the, the kind of things look a little bit aged and worn and yeah. stuff? So here's a question for you then, completely okay. separate question. Because I take it you used InDesign to do that or Illustrator uh, or something? I like Illustrator. Okay. For the, so, for the cover. So when you've got those those stickers with the names of the tools in and the blend modes and stuff like that for that front cover, to make them yeah. aged, and this is purely because I'm trying to think how you work now, did you, you know, like when I add a, a texture to the grey background and use blend modes? Yeah. Excuse my ignorance here because I don't obviously use those other things that you yeah. use. Do you use blend modes to kind of, literally, have you done the same thing? Texture on the top, blend mode, bang, and there you go. It looks, looks aged. Is that the same process? It's the same process, um, but because I was working in Illustrator, you can you you can still have blend modes in Illustrator. It does work differently because you're dealing with vector shapes rather than pixels. Yeah. But one of the benefits of Illustrator is you can bring textures into Illustrator and you can clip. But fortunately for me, I work for a company that makes <laughs> plugins for Adobe Illustrator. And is we've got so? this one. We, yeah, astutegraphics.com. <laughs> <laughs> and we make a product called Texturino which is fantastic because what you can do, this which is what like I did. Advert. Oh no, this is, even if I didn't work for them, <laughs> this is just like any other, any other tool is the beauty of it is you can go out and download textures or maybe buy textures from glenjuris.com <laughs> store. <laughs> <laughs> but you could, you can photograph your own textures or you can buy textures. And what you do is you load them into texturino and you can, you know, create folders and, and group them. Um, and then what happens is the, the plugin brings the texture into... So you select the shape mm. or the group. And what it does is it brings the texture in. Then it gives you your blend modes. It gives you an opacity. So it's like a three-prong thing. So you get your blend mode. You get your opacity or, or opacity. And, and I don't size. say it like that anymore. I know. <laughs> And so you can change the size of the texture as well to suit. And I, it just so happened that I had a set of textures from a company called Retro Supply. And it was it was like metallic scratch. And what I did was I, I brought the texture in, I put it straight on, just made a couple of fine adjustments. And man, that sticker, that one sticker um, that's got the metallic scratch on oh, it. It works a other, treat, mate. It works an oh, absolute treat. And, and, it not, and you can have knockout as well. So what it will do is it will punch all the punch the color through so you can see the background or you can give it an undercoat so like well, obviously when we got the stickers made we had to put an i had to put an undercoat on it because you can't print gaps in the sticker Superb. but i said it's trial and error just hearing hearing you talk about your design there that's so that is so kind of similar well, of course it's gonna be similar both creative industry isn't it but it's so similar to what i do with looking at pictures of other photographers work that i like and then taking bits from it but what's interesting is when you're saying there about the um, the the wrestling pitch that you did, and you said you went into Google and typed in old wrestling pictures, it yeah. is as simple as that, isn't it? That's all it is, really. Just oh. type, type in that, click on images, and wallop, there they go. Yeah. So you've taken bits from those. You think I like the font, I like this, I like that. I guarantee you, hundred percent. Even though you've done that and you've looked at all these other pictures to get ideas from, I reckon I'd know it was your design. Okay. You know, I reckon I would. Honestly, I do because I've kind of seen quite a lot of your stuff now that I reckon I could. And that, do you mind? That sounds. That's similar to kind of something that I always always remember thinking that when I first started out and we talked about the style and all this kind of stuff. And it's yeah. really important to have a style. My goal, although we've never done it, I think we could do this. My goal yeah. was that one day I would have a new picture that you hadn't seen, 
and I would put that on a table and then I'd get lots of other pictures, portraits from other people and, and kind of shuffle them all up and then get you to come to the table and go, right, Dave, can you pick out which one's mine? And I reckon you would now. I reckon yeah, you would. Yeah, I and think that's, I would. That's, where, that's the kind of stage that I wanted to get to. Yeah, I know we haven't done it. We must, we must try that, actually. Yeah. We must try that. Yeah, we will try that. And yeah. I should do a design and test you. Yeah, I reckon I'll put I, reckon my design I would. With a bunch of others. <laughs> I reckon I would. I think you probably the DC in the, in the bottom right hand corner to give it away. But hey, yeah. <laughs> but I think you do. I think you subconsciously you do develop a style. Um, I mean, I've always said to designers at the end of the day, anything, anything you create, don't get hung up on. Like for a photographer, don't think that the next photograph you take has to win a Pulitzer Prize. Or National Geographic in the same way as a designer, don't get hung up on thinking you've got to win a DNAD award or you know one of the industry leading awards. Don't don't f- panic and think I have to create something that's never been created before. It has to be groundbreaking. Groundbreaking because if you're that kind of designer, you're earning a hundred thousand pounds a year anyway. I don't, I don't I don't think you can ever approach anything with that kind of attitude anyway. I mean, some people might try to, but I don't think you can. And a perfect example. There's pictures that I've taken, Dave, and worked on. I thought, oh, man, this is going to be brilliant. I posted it up online to share it, and it gets a great, you know, gets some great feedback. But then, perfect example, about a week or so ago now, I went to go and present to a, a camera club in the evening. I don't do them generally now, but there's one yeah. club. I've got some good friends there in Whitney, and they had these, I don't know if you saw them, but those ragged Victorians, those people that dress, you know. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I took pictures, of that, and it, this was a presentation, an evening presentation. So these folks were dressed up. I got them to stand in front of the background. I demoed uh, demoed the lighting and I took a couple of pictures. So it wasn't like a you know detailed kind of intense shoot, loads of posing going yeah. on. Yeah. The picture that I took of both Steph and Huel together, the two guys, two folks that were dressed as ragged Victorians, I think that's had the most likes on Instagram of any picture I've ever done. And that was one that was just like a quick demo. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, you just never it's like know. Joe you never know. But- that Joe McNally uh, took that picture of, he said, of, out of his whole career, of every image he's ever taken, every cover of National Geographic he's ever had, the image that gets is that had the most views is the one he took of his feet at the top of Burj Khalifa when he yes. stood outside looking down. I remember that, yeah, and it's, yeah, yeah. And it's true. It's like, what is the success of a photo? Is it is it views? Is it a sale? Is it, you know, Peter Lick, a million yeah. pounds, takes a picture, sells it for a million dollars. That's success to him. Joe McNally you know however many million views of his feet it's weird how we measure the success you're right that that is a really good point actually because um what do i see as being a successful picture is it one that i really like is it one that maybe and this might sound daft one that Anne goes wow i really love that because as a partner and you probably find this with andrew as well that your partners kind of maybe sometimes they don't I don't know. They're more critical. Well, yeah, which is probably a good but, thing. I mean, yeah. I remember once when I did that picture for the Iron Man. Do you remember the Iron Man picture? Yeah, yeah. And I, I was so happy with that. And I got asked, Anne was in the, the walking past my, my office. I said, yeah, come take all of this. So I got the picture on the screen. And I was so proud of it, mate. And I said to her, what do you think of that? And, and Anne she like looked at it and gone, it's not very realistic, is it? And I'm like, hold on a second. This is a picture of a man who wears an iron suit that flies in the sky. No, it's not bloody realistic. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like. Sorry, I say it's like when you did that Wolverine picture, and you did the whole. You know, you got him to sit on a wall, and you took you went up top of that building and took that that, uh, right. that 
Pope's uh, landscape of London at night, and you had you you had him with the the blades in his fingers, and then you put the picture out, and somebody complained because the sword he was holding was not the right kind of samurai sword, <laughs> and it wasn't realistic. And you were like, "What? So a man on a roof with knives for fingers <laughs> in the pouring rain with no shirt on <laughs> is completely realistic? It's the sword that made you not believe yeah, it." Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I completely yeah. blew that one. Yeah. Terrible. But going back to being proud of your work, is this is one of the things, because obviously writing my, um, my thing for Photoshop World today, another thing that I wanted to include in it was something I talked about in a talk I did last year, which was um, from a design point of view, and this is for anyone who, you know, he's looking to be a designer or get get into graphic design, is we're we're proud. Like it's, There's a company in Swindon that drives around, and I, I did their logo about 10 years ago, and... Every time I see one of their trucks go past, I still have to take a photograph of it. And I still, in my car, go, I made that. (laughs) (laughs) Even if no one's around, I want to get out of the car and go and tell people, I made that logo. But you're quite proud of the work that you do. And, you know, if you see it in a book or a magazine or somewhere, you're really proud. And one of the things I talk about in my my class was uh, I say about things that you design. And it's specifically about InDesign. And... I said, you've gone to, say, McDonald's or KFC and you go and buy some food and you get your tray and you go and sit down. And generally on the tray, there's a sheet of A3 paper that the top side of it has, like, it might be uh, the McDonald's toy of the week for the kids' meal. Or it might be, the, like, they're doing Monopoly at the moment. So on the front is, is Monopoly. Now, I look at it and I try and reverse engineer it and go oh i wonder what effect they've done for there i wonder if they've used an astute plugin for that or did they do in illustrator or photoshop i wonder how i'd make it but there is one person out there who can walk into a mcdonald's and probably has that feeling i get when i see my logo somewhere is they want to look around and go uh see that bit of paper your food's on i designed that that's my work <laughs> but on the flip side if you if you're ever in in fast food shop and you get one of these bits of paper turn it over because on the back oh just hit my mic wow <laughs> um on the back is a big chart or most of them 90 percent of them there's a big chart it's like a big spreadsheet and it's all the calorific and fat content details of all the food that they they serve because legally they have to do it now equally <laughs> there's some poor sod out there that had to put that together and trust me, in InDesign, that's a that's a big task. Couldn't that he have just takes... put, couldn't he just used impact font and put this is fattening across the back? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is not good for you, it's not a salad. But someone had to someone has to build it. And that was the point I made is that the the guy that had to do the, the, the chart on the back still makes a living from doing that kind of work. And he could still walk in McDonald's and go you know, see that bit of paper there? I did that. And they go, what, the image? And he has to turn it over and go, oh, no, actually, I did the spreadsheet part. But someone still has to take, you know, someone has to take those crappy little photos. Yeah, of course in, I do, yeah. On, yeah. On, on butter packaging or whatever. My um, my landscape, my landscape project that I'm starting um, this coming Saturday, in fact, I don't know if you can see it, actually. In my room here, there's like, and actually, no, you can't, but there's so many cables all over the place because I'm charging stupid amounts of stuff ready for going up to Wales on on Saturday. Mm. Um, but my my um, my judgment of how successful I am with the landscape stuff, because at the moment, I completely and utterly suck at doing landscapes. Yeah. I am terrible. So, But my goal is 
on this Saturday is to go out. I'm going to film everything. It's going to be like a vlog. I know you hate that word, but I'm going to do like a weekly final video showing what I'm up to, how I'm doing it, what I've learned and what I did right, what I did wrong. So where I end up taking a picture on Saturday, or actually, mm -hmm. my, or, or maybe even Sunday morning, depends because I'm staying over, exactly a year later, I'm going to revisit the exact same place okay. to see what do I do differently compared to what I did when I very first started. So that's going to be an indicator for me of how I've moved on in that year. And obviously, I'm going to document the whole year. But also, I want to sell a picture. I want to sell a print. Because and, and also I want to be able to create a print. This is how how I'm going to judge my success as a landscape photographer. Yeah. I'm going to I want to I want to take a landscape picture at some point throughout that year that I go I want to get that on my wall. I want and I want Anne to go. That is really good. I love it. I want it on the wall and maybe to sell a print. That's my goal. Yeah. Because the kind of pictures that I take at the minute they're either for a client or they're for me and they're of people generally. So, also, I mean, are you going to want to buy a picture of a person? You're not, are you? Unless that person's no. got something to do Unless with you. Unless it's you. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And also, you're now taking on what I think is really good for you, is you've, because um, obviously I've seen how you've grown over the past eight years, is you no longer control the light on this project. Yeah, the light controls me, and I, I've, got yeah. to, I've got to kind of work around it as opposed yeah. to me making it work around what I want. You're right, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You can't make the trees move. You can't You can't make the hills shift and follow your finger as you move. Excuse, excuse me, that hill on the left. Can you just follow my finger? And <laughs> I, I am so right. looking forward to this, though, mate, because I'm not stopping my portraits. Obviously, that is what I do. Do you know what I mean? This is something just extra that's stepping me out of my comfort zone. And I am binge watching loads of videos by folks whose work I love. So there I am. I'm still doing that thing for inspiration and ideas yeah. uh, like Thomas Heaton and Nigel Danson, who, by the way, I'm interviewing for this podcast next week. Fact, that is going to be bloody brilliant, I've got to say, because his story, Looking mate, forward to that. amazing story, because he talks about, and I'm going off track here, he talks about the reason he said, right, from now on, I'm stopping doing what I do for my job. I'm now concentrating on being a photographer because he went to Yosemite, and obviously we'll talk about this on the podcast. Yeah. He went to Yosemite. Whilst he was driving a hire car in Yosemite, he had a heart attack, and his heart stopped for 30 seconds. Massive wow. accident, rolled the car, and it was that. And while he was in hospital, his heart stopped two more times, and it was that kind of wake-up call that you do not know around the corner. He said, do you know what? I've always wanted to be a landscape photographer, and that's what I wanted to do. That's what I'm doing. I think it's going to be an amazing story. I really do. And which one? Which one of those? This is, two this is Nigel Danson. So Tom's heat okay. is going to be sometime after that. But Nigel Danson is the one I'm speaking to on Thursday of next week. I am so looking forward to that. I was speaking to him today. We're arranging the time and everything. But I've been looking at all his stuff. Yeah. And looking at Tom's stuff and getting ideas for it. I I, I can't wait to do it because it's going to make me learn stuff. And also, it's going to push my retouching because I'm going to end up doing stuff that I've never really had to do. Yeah. So my skill level is going to go up in different areas. And that I'm looking forward to. I actually feel like a newbie. It's brilliant. I do feel like a new person. And well, I think it's, the, it's the pictures will probably show that as well, but hey. <laughs> well, it's funny you should mention that because I also have a project that I'm going to be working on over the next year. Now, I genuinely and don't know about this. So what is it? You don't know about this. So one of the things that I found in my job in researching is it's a bit like, like you say, with photography. Photography is like a, a, 
it's a powerful word because it explains what the genre is but it doesn't tell you what the person does and I've been looking at graphic design now I'm I'm from a desktop publishing background so I tend to you know if someone asked me to create a poster or you know a flyer or something it's a very I come from a corporate background so I, I look at it quite technically so I break it down and then think okay at the end of the day this is going to just go into a printer and come out and it's going to look exactly as I designed it but the thing I've been researching a lot over the past few months with Stu is there's a lot of people who print who are really brilliant designers but they they have to design for the medium of screen printing so therefore they're limited by color um, they're limited by what they can the amount of detail they can put in and yet they do create some amazingly detailed work but the way it's printed is the colors are separated and each color has its own screen so it has to, the sheet of paper has to go through the screen print process anything up to eight times so you've got to get all the colors to match so if you've got like an overprint color say you were doing like captain america and you've got your red red your blues your whites and, and black so that's four screens and this will be an interview that we'll have on the podcast in in the next couple of months is um I've arranged an interview with a guy who runs his own screen print shop and we're going to talk about how different it is being a designer designing restricted by the medium of which the output is. So that's one of my projects this year is to design a poster that I will actually be going to a print shop whether it be in England or America and I'll be making and I will video the process and I'm going to be making the screens for it and we're going to go through the process and we're going to print it and I'll make it something that I, you know, I'd like to sell. I'd like to put it on for the podcast or something. But I've never done this before, so I'm not only just learning Illustrator. I'm learning a specific, a specific style of illustration and the output of print that I'm going to do the process from start to finish, so that Ooh. by the end of this year I can hold up a poster. I mean, you can see the ones behind me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in fact, it's the guy that made the the Chicago one behind me. Um, he's the guy that I'm going to be speaking to and the print shop uh, there's a couple of print shops I'm hoping to use that are going to basically talk me through it so you know and and, and that's the thing for anyone whatever you do just just stay stay within what you do but just push yourself outside of it a little bit and try and find something you've never done before but that's, that's achievable mm. you know for you you've got a camera you've got to take your thing and go somewhere and you've got the outdoors and that's everywhere <laughs> Mm -hmm. um <laughs> it's wherever you go whether it's uh whether you know landscape photography but whether in in if you're in a built-up city you're only ever about what 15 20 minutes from countryside yeah pretty it's much. the weather is your challenge um but, but it's it's still gonna it's still gonna baffle you because you've been controlling light and people you've been moving everything to get what you want now you have to move you bring it on bring it on dave okay so question for you then um ideas inspiration stuff like that where is there anywhere in particular that you always head to not just google which we've talked about is there anywhere in particular that you always go to for getting ideas uh, a couple of places one is my massive library okay um, <laughs> i've got so many books on different things that i've started to collect books kind of planning ahead so I, I knew I was going to be doing this screen printing thing. So I, I go on Amazon, I research, uh, I look at 
uh, I'll go and maybe look at a blog for maybe someone who I like and I try and look for clues in the photographs of their studio, like maybe a couple of books they read or an artist they follow. Mm. And I tend to do a bit of research on, on that. I might listen to a podcast where they talk about their process. Uh, another good place is always Pinterest. Um, that's good. Um, if it's uh, like a movie poster thing. I used to look at places like Imp Awards and, uh, and Google, but I find now... Using the books as a reference point, they're good because they're a collection of the best of the work that's out there. Mm. So it's a bit like training. You know, YouTube's full of unqualified training and Google's full of a lot of dirge and and crap as well. Um, but yeah, generally I, I tend to prefer books because it's not just a single picture. It's a collection of pictures. So I'm not, I'm not just looking at one thing. I'm looking at a style that someone's created so for me i tend to go to something tactile right okay because i i i was always you remember when i was always kind of looking at imp awards and stuff like that, which yeah. i still do occasionally look at it but nowhere near as much as i did and for those of you who don't know it it's called impawards.com i believe not dot, yeah dot com that's basically a website where it's a huge collection of um, movie artwork, isn't it? Movie posters yeah. from the past, present, and future. So if you went there, for example, to uh, type in the name of a film, it will bring up all the artwork and posters that were done for that film. And the reason I was using that a lot, and like I know you mentioned it then, was because it's great. If you Let's say if you're going to go and photograph um, a, a couple, a man and woman or whatever, and you think you, the hardest thing for you is going to be, how on earth am I going to pose them? If you go on to Imp Awards and you look up names of films where, you know, things like the Hugh Grant for weddings and all that kind of stuff, you'll yeah. see pictures where people have been posed in these movie posters. And it gives you ideas. So that's the great thing about it. It help you know it's not to copy a picture, but there could be something you look at that you think, that's really I like the way they've posed that, or I like the colouring, I like the location. Yeah. Whatever. So that's really good. But you can see, I know the people listening can't, but over my uh, as you're looking at me now, my left shoulder, uh, yeah. books up here behind my little mini me woolen uh, gift. Um I, I collect books now. I, I do get books by people that I really, really like. And no surprise, there's Nick Brandt, the yeah. wildlife guy. There's Annie Leibowitz. Uh, I've got this book here, actually. Glyn just reaches over <laughs> for the book, for those reaches that are listening. Over. This is a fab book. It's called Comic Genius, because I saw you had that. That's I right, yeah. This book, Comic Genius. It's called Portraits of Funny People by Matt Hoyle. And on the front cover, superb picture of Ricky Gervais. I mean, it's it's absolutely brilliant book. So those kind of books now, I I, I tend to like you, like you, very tactile. I like to look through them and get ideas rather than looking at a screen because I don't really use my iPad or anything now. Yeah, I seem to have kind of reverted back to books. That's probably your influence. I don't know. I'll give you I'll give you a little tip on books if you're listening. Remind me to go back to the uh, poster thing. Okay. But if you're in the UK, because this this isn't going to help anyone in the in the states, but in the UK. Um, well, in fact, in America, I think you've got TK Maxx, but I think they call it TJ Maxx, or it's not quite it's the same same brand. But in the UK, we've got two stores. It's called TK Maxx and Home Sense. They're owned by the same company, and they now have a book department. But their book department is reduced price books, so every single book in there has been uh, reduced in some way. And we're talking about uh, Lawrence King and Tashin books and dad you know the annie Leibovitz book you bought the 50th yeah. anniversary one yeah, yeah, yeah. okay how much did you pay for it i don't want to say but this comic genius one here i paid 25 quid for this what did you pay for yours i think i got that for 14.99 <laughs> <laughs> i 
<laughs> in fact, it might have even been nine ninety nine. Yeah, the Annie right, Leibovitz. Okay. We'll go with fourteen. Um, <laughs> the Annie Leibovitz book, uh, the fifty that that new one that just came out, that was forty quid uh, in Home Sense. Yeah, I think I probably I might have paid another twenty quid on top of that. It's worth yeah. it. I don't care. La 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 yeah. la. I can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great if you're in the UK and you and you like photography and design books go and have a look in Home Sense. but just going back to the movie poster thing quickly is I take it another level so I used to look at import oh you said it you said that I take it to another level I'm just going to slap myself hold on <laughs> ah. I take it to the next step okay <laughs> I go one step further instead of looking at the collection of posters I look at the ones that I'm drawn to and I find out who made them and then I go and look at that person's work and see all the other things they've done. So particularly for movie posters, you look at the movie posters, great. Back in the day, the old paint, you know the ones that look like they've been hand-painted? Yes, yeah, yeah. There was a guy called Drew Struzan who was the industry leader. And today there's a guy called Paul Shipper, Kyle Lambert, uh, Sam Gilby. These people have carried on that style. They, they, they make the newer version. So there's a guy who lives in Swindon, He's in Wiltshire. He's from Manchester. He just did the Avengers Assemble poster, um, which is that kind of painted look. The guy's Paul Shipper's amazing. And Kyle Lambert did Stranger Things in that same 80s style cool. painted. Mm. I go and look at them now, and I look at all of their work. And so I get inspired by their collection of work rather than a generic, a bit of this, a bit of that. Uh, and I enjoy that more because then I find out who they are and who inspires them. So, and it's and the same works for photography. You know, you see a bunch of images like, oh, I like that one with the tree. But find out who took it. Look at their work. See wh where they've come from. Because when people look at your work and go back the last eight years, when they look at that ninth year, you've you've done something new again. Mm. You've got this whole landscape thing that no one's ever seen before. Mm. And I don't you might never see it again if you're yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't think you'll suck it because I think you've kind of got photography down a little bit. I think you're doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. But but you've got to push yourself a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, don't. It's like um, I was trying to bring things back to when I was training, and I remember when I was when I used to train at this one gym in Slough, of all places. I said when I was a kid, I trained in Slough, and I got really strong. I was really big. I was just under nineteen stone, which for those who don't work in stone. That's 266 pounds. So it's quite heavy. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember the guy who I was training with, he says, look, when you're the heavy, when you're the strongest guy in the gym, you need to find another gym. Yeah. Because it's so easy to get so kind of comfortable and confident and kind of set in your ways that, hey, I've got this. But, yeah. But then what I found was if, I, if I'd have stayed there, I wouldn't have grown. So I yeah. needed to step away from it and I needed to end up being the guy who wasn't the biggest and strongest. I needed other people to to be bigger and stronger that I could then aspire to and then that pushed me. And I guess that's yeah. what me and you are doing with the, the people that we look at whose work we go, wow. Do you know I mean? There's friends of ours. You know, I know you're, you know, you're a designer, I'm a photographer, but we, we do still look at friends of ours' work and I'm going to say it, but Joe McNally's work, every time you see it, you go, God almighty. I know. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, how the hell's he done that? Yeah. And it's not necessarily... It's not necessarily the final result that you go wow at. It's when you hear what he had to do to get that picture that he's yeah. made look so easy because you can almost guarantee that the circumstances he was in at the time, it wasn't a walk in the park, but he still nails it. That's what I get with that. You know what I mean? So it's like, Jesus. But always trying to push yourself. And that, that is, that's the only reason I'm doing this landscape stuff. And there is a new portrait project, which I'm running alongside it as well. So I'm moving away from doing the Rembrandt. That's still what I'm getting. I've got a big job coming up soon 
down you south. That's job. the kind of lighting we're going to be doing. Say again. You said big job. Sorry. What's wrong with big job? It's funny. <laughs> big job. What's wrong with big, big job? Big job. Big job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll talk later. And then carry on. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've got off track yeah. now. Anyway, uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to do a new portrait project. But listen, okay, we we could talk forever. By the way, you uh, you mentioned Sam Gilby. That made me think of Sam Gilberti who was Mr. Angry. Do you remember Mr. Angry in that little thing I played? Oh, That's, yes. That was his name, that Sam his Gilberti. Name? Sam Gilberti. Just made me think of that. Um, uh, somebody else, when you were talking as well, somebody I think we should get on here is Daniel Gregory. He's a top fella. He was on the grid recently. He was over at Kelby. Super, super guy. Um, when I say I don't know why I thought of that, I don't. it's because it just came to my head. Uh, I don't know we've, why it came to I'll my head. I'll tell you now. We've got to get that. We've, we've got to get him on We've there. actually got him to agree to it. Oh, I've, already been spe- I've already been speaking to him this week. And we're going to get him on the show when we get back from Photoshop World um, because his wife uh, has just released a book on Amazon, which I okay. bought this week. Um, he's, not, he's, he's had a tough couple of months, so he's been he's been busy and he's had a lot of stuff that he's had to go on behind the scenes. But, um, yeah, he was on the grid last week and I contacted him because we'd, we're working on something together and, and it had kind of gone quiet and we're getting back onto it again. And, um, and he's got his own podcast called The Perception. Photographer. photographer yeah which and i love listening to it even though i'm not a photographer what he says makes sense in any walk of life so looking forward to getting him on it's nice now because we're we're now starting to get people who want to be guests he's one of those people he's just he's i would say a good person to listen to is someone who's who's economic with words in that it's like all the words they use matter Yes, yeah. Unlike, yeah. unlike us, pair of bumbling fools yeah. spending an hour. Okay, so on, on that note, right, come on, we, we could talk about this all night, but we're not going to. Yeah. Uh, let's wrap this up. So long as long story short is get out there, find people's work that you like and copy it. Is that it in, in a yeah. nutshell? <laughs> Basically, so, that's yeah. it, isn't it? I mean, don't, don't copy it and release it as your own. You know, by all means, I think what, what I recommend you do is, is have a project, like we've always said, is and document it and share it because you know we've got social media now talk about a project you've taken on show where you went and researched it and then show how you put it together and what the end result was and you know and be honest and say i was inspired by or you know i this, this is the the picture i first found and, and this is the end result because it'll make you feel good um because you know there are some horrible people out there who do blatantly still work but luckily it's it's a small proportion but you know, be honest. Go out there and, and design it. And you know, we're we're learning on the podcast every week that you know we're finding a new technique or something different, or we've heard um, heard another podcast, or we pick up pick up a tip. We're growing. In fact, this is what we were saying earlier at the beginning of the episode before we start recording. Um, last week's episode is currently our second biggest episode that we had, cool. and we were trying to think why. Because we've had some good figures, um, and each episode has hit hit the target that we've set to achieve, um, and long may that continue. So thank you, everyone. But but last week's really really peaked. Um, it had a it had a good first day, it had a strong second day, it had a, then it dips as it always does, and then you used your email newsletter um, subscriber base, and actually when that went out, that was our biggest peak. So. I moaned like the- a drain on that episode, though. I've listened back. I was a right whinger, wasn't I? I know, and somebody actually posted and uh, sent a message saying, Dave, you're the voice of reason to Glyn's Mr. Angry. <laughs> I think that was Paul Genge. I made Paul yeah. Genge. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, but 
so we were trying to think what, what what was the cause was was it the email newsletter or the other thing i thought was the actual the title of the episode was guru bloody facebook yeah yeah, yeah. um and other such things that's gonna do it the facebook and I, and i think that that was one of the reasons why I think people have picked up on it because everyone's like, yeah, grew a bloody Facebook. So I think next this week's episode we're gonna call <laughs> you Twitter, and the week after we're gonna call it Instagram. You're a <laughs> <laughs> no matter what we're talking about, those are the titles. Yeah, we're, we're, gonna, we're absolutely good. It's like you it's like overusing hashtags. Brilliant. We're just gonna do it, but no, seriously, we, we won't. But. It was just inter- it's an interesting thing to see how people react to just that title. Really, how God knows what this week's going to be. Coming. I don't know, I don't know, but you've got to get your thinking head on, Mister Crowmanzer. Yeah, I know. I've got to do the artwork tonight. <laughs> right, listen, let's let's wrap it up then. Let's just uh, kind of finish off by saying a huge thanks to our uh, sponsor. You know who we're kind of in association with. We've got Westcott, who are in association with JP Distribution. Thanks to uh, connections we've got with a guy called Paul Genge, super friend of mine. Uh, so thanks Paul for sorting that out Westcott thank you so much and JP Distribution uh, it is brilliant to have you on board Um, merchandise just quickly we've had some people asking about the merchandise where can they get hold of that yeah so keep an eye follow us on social media um, which is at he shoots he draws um, on everything that's Instagram Twitter Facebook and I've been posting links there because at the moment because we haven't got the website up and running we've got a place called Patreon P-A-T-R-E-O-N um where you can chip in a few few dollars and if you do i'll send you some uh some of the merchandise we've got some stickers and i saw that mark mark wood and brian johnson i saw on social media those guys posted that they'd had their merchandise come through it looks brilliant i've sent to uk uh uk and the states so i've sent a few packages out last week so they're starting to arrive overseas which is good so thank you so a few people have bought some merchandise so the links will be on social media if you want to buy the little note book pack with the stickers and the badges uh it's a tenner for all of it and i think it's like one pound fifty postage uh, if you're interested in them uh just say check social media you'll see the links and it's quite easy to go through i think it converts to dollars if you're overseas but if not just just send me a message on social media and we'll sort something out cool so also uh, on itunes if those of you use itunes in fact on any of the podcast players in the description part of the video of the uh, episode there'll be the links in there as well so yes keep an yeah, eye on those uh okay so cool uh dave on in uh, social media it's at, it's dave clayton yep on everything mine is really pretty creative much. it's just at glenn jewis uh, yep. i think that's pretty much it for the week the uh, podcast uh we we can be found because this is our podcast admin we can be found on itunes and we'd really appreciate reviews they definitely. really help um any feedback uh please contact us but we're on itunes we're on spotify uh we will be on soundcloud but we're limited by the amount of episodes we can have and for those of you in the us who have androids and google play we are on google play podcasts um every episode goes up there normally within an hour of us throwing it up it's it's on there so they're the three main places you can find us and we will be having a website soon that'll have a lot more stuff on once we get back from photoshop world at the yeah. end of this month we'll be doing that for sure 100 percent. yeah definitely and we'll be doing some special stuff at photoshop world so there'll be a week um there will be a week coming up soon we'll, where there will be more than one episode in a week where we will start be doing some additional content and some video stuff. So thank you, Brilliant. everyone. Brilliant. I'm gonna, Dave, I'm going to go and wind my seat back now so I can be more relaxed because I am so chilled because I've finished my book. So uh, I'm going to go and chill out. 
Thanks for the chat, mate. And thanks, folks, for listening. I will see you probably with my grouchy head on next week because this one was too chilled and too positive. So I'll probably be Mr. Mr. Grumpy Head next week. Thanks I need a lot. To wind you I will up. see you next week, Dave. Yep. Yeah, see you next week. <laughs> Cheers, folks. <laughs> bye bye. Bye, Glenn. See ya.